Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive as we roll right into these Burr months. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. And I'm Anthony. How are y'all doing? You know, Anthony? Doing pretty darn well. Are you? A very delayed yeah. <laughs> and how are you doing, Julia? I'm good. Doing really good. I was telling Anthony offline, Tom, that um I smoked a seven pound pork butt today. And wow, it is quite good. I also smell like I smoked a seven pound pork butt. But what else are you gonna do? When it's a million degrees outside. It is. How come the first few weeks of the bird months usually are the hottest? <laughs> that's that's, that's always the case. In like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, hey guys, you're excited for fall? Not so fast. <laughs> Maybe it really just exists to like heighten the excitement when it actually does drop. Maybe. Julie, I see you have a new kind of endeavor. You're painting tumblers now. Yeah, so I got the paintbrushes out again, which was fun, and painted some water tumblers that look like Stanley's, but I refuse to spend that much on a on a tumbler. They're worth it though. Yeah, uh, I'll go to the mattresses on the simple modern tumblers that rival the size and shape of the Stanley tumbler. They don't leak. I'll get one and tell you what I think. Okay. But yeah, it's fun. It It's a nice way to de-stress from other things, you know, mindless painting. And Anthony has given me my next, my next big goal that I'm super excited about. Oh. Oh. A horror movie icon painted Tumblr. Oh, which and one? I've got, I've got big plans. Oh, like how many did you recommend? Anthony? All, all the icons. All. All. So I'm going to take a stab at that one. I'm pretty excited about it. In fact, it's put me in, in the the mood for the burr, for the burr months. I feel like You're it's welcome. the project I need to really get my Halloween, you know, spark going. You're welcome. Yeah. So thank I, you for I, that. I officially ordered my Halloween costume. What are you going to be? You allowed to tell us? <laughs> Being Winifred Sanderson, going full-on drag. drag this year. Love it. 
And watch out, because I, ha I have a book, so I'm going to be reading it to people. I know that's controversial nowadays. Reading books? Uh, drag, drag queens reading books, but we'll see oh, how it goes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so. Is Sarah, are Sarah and Larry taking part in the theme of the, of the dress up? No clue. We actually have a Halloween party to go to this year, so she has to be something exciting yeah she could just Does go that... as sarah <laughs> she should just go as sarah i i feel like even uh, that could be a little weird though because didn't winifred and sarah both have a thing for billy that's like a weird you could thing both to be play a little dog oh we could larry, larry billy. in the billy wing yeah that'd be actually really funny <laughs> 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 the story just writes itself <laughs> does ellie know what she wants to be for halloween tom she keeps changing we've got to nail it down Ooh, what, what are what some of her options she... yeah they haven't been cool i mean they uh -oh. wouldn't be not cool they don't have to be cool she wants to what be a they? horse rider okay well you could then say. make luna the horse luna's fozzy bear that's perfect, oh, actually. Fozzy bear. Yeah. I can't I can't do anything about that. So are you trying to get Ellie into the Muppet space? I don't know what we want to do with Ellie. She Christine no. does such good costumes. I kind of let her run with it. Like she's done a really legit Nancy Drew and Dolly Parton and I remember the Dolly Parton. Amelia Earhart. She just Christine does such good costumes. I hate to tell you this, but there comes a day in every parent's life. When your kid starts picking what they want to be, and lots of times it's lame -o. Last year, that was like... the case. <laughs> what was last year? Ellie at the last minute decided she needed to be a witch because friends at school made fun of her and told her her costume had to be scary. Oh, witches are cool kids. though. And so the day before, not when you're trying to run around the day before, like the day before to find everything for a witch costume. Hmm. What's the lamest costume that your kid has ever dressed up as, Julia? Any of your kids? Um, Hannah was Effie Trinket one year, and that was pretty cool. That was a fun <laughs> one to make. I bet. She was the monarch butterfly version of Effie. Mm -hmm. so that was fun. Um, And then Ethan, my favorite Ethan was when he was Jim from The Office, Three Hole Punch Jim. I was about to that say, awesome. Ethan, Ethan seems like the type who would just be like, Dave. Like Jim yeah. on the office. The he hates dressing thing. up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was the last time he dressed up, I think, actually. <laughs> so he was through whole punch Jim. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm the, I'm the one in the family that really likes to dress up. I think this year... Are you go... being the red hat lady? The hat lady the, from Dr. Sleep? Uh, Rose the hat? I'm not. Rose the hat. You're not. I think I'm going to do... Actually, I don't know for sure, but... I was thinking I might do Laura Dern from Jurassic Park. Ooh. Yeah. They, I like it. The then get then Marty, Marty to go as be... Alan Grant. That's cool. Yeah, easily. Because he's got a Or a Velociraptor. <laughs> or a Velociraptor. <laughs> or Samuel L. Jackson. Fifties. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Velociraptors. I still love he that movie. He does enjoy... He does enjoy a costume that prohibits people from wanting to come talk to him. 
in social situations. So I, we might go that, with that. That's why one day when I eventually meet him, I'm just going to give him the biggest hug and be like, hey, pal. <laughs> he doesn't hate a hug. He hates the talking usually surrounds the hug. <laughs> the oh, cool. So, so when <laughs> I, the day I meet him, as soon as I meet him and introduce myself in person, that's when you can excuse yourself to use a restroom for two minutes, and then he has to talk to me. <laughs> Forgive me for that. <laughs> um. So the new Grinch book came out today. How the Grinch Lost Christmas. And... The new official sequel. It was cute. How is it? Okay. It was cute. I mean, it reads like Dr. Seuss. I mean, the stakes aren't as high. He's not stealing Christmas. It was a cute little story, though. Huh? The stakes aren't as high. I mean, he's not stealing Christmas. That's true. <laughs> I mean... Okay, to check that out. Yeah, say what you want about the original people, but the stakes were high. Well, pretty high. You'd had a heart he condition and stole Christmas. Hermogeny, I hope. <laughs> he did have a serious, serious heart condition. Uh, he is for a bit when he loses a big old Christmas competition. Oh. He's a sore loser for sure, right? <laughs> he is a sore loser. They're not going to be able to capture the Dr. Seuss-iness. Of- I mean, it doesn't compare, hold a candle to the classic. I'm not yeah. saying it does, but Nothing it's cute enough. Cute. I, I do think Ellie and Jude would probably like it. For sure. Yeah, we might have to pick that one up. I mean, you read it. I read it. I got it today. I read it in five minutes. <laughs> like Not even five minutes, three minutes. You're done with it. It goes on the shelf next to the original. <laughs> what other um, Christmas news do we have? So the movie yeah. Candy Cane Lane got dated. It's coming. It's being released on Prime on December first. Have you all heard of this one? No. Starring Eddie Murphy and out. Jillian Bell. Uh Lane... Offerman. <clears throat> yeah, Candy Cane Lane follows Murphy as Chris, a man who is determined to win his neighborhood's annual Christmas home decoration contest. After unintentionally striking a deal with an elf to improve his odds of winning, she casts a spell that brings the 12 days of Christmas to life and chaos ensues for the whole town. Chris must then work to save Christmas for his family and community an endeavor that entails battling the magical creatures from the hit Christmas song. Interesting. It's got Danielle Pinnock in it from Ghosts. It's got Tracy Ellis Ross. Love her. Yeah, that's a good cast. Okay. So we have our first official post-Halloween movie dated. Hollywood's being very slow to to date these new movies this year. So is Candy Cane Lane making it to our Christmas schedule, potentially? Yes. Okay. I'm curious to see how much stuff we're going to get. This writer strike is really ruining my life. I mean, I would say this year we're going to get a lot and next year we get like a zilch yeah i'm just i'm just depressed it's after labor day and none of my new shows are back mm-hmm. me too it sucks so did y'all see the interesting conversation that was happening in our facebook group a few days ago maybe last week it was really disco 54 really had a lot of ideas and thoughts he did. And, and he Rebecca centered around Watt. our ranking system. 
and how flawed it is. You suggested um, you just have we just have a canon, right? A Christmas canon. Yeah, he suggested something similar to what a film strip does, right? Small, medium, large popcorn. Okay, but the small, medium, large would translate to like canon. Uh, in season it's basically like movies that are in your Christmas canon movies that you would watch and wouldn't turn off and then movies that you like would never watch again something like that however which I love great like I can fully support this films you know film strip-esque style of ranking movies um but he limited it you'd have to limit how many times you could rank something in one of those categories. So you could then. Well, in your canon, he said the canon should have a limited amount. I think there was argument. I think Rebecca was suggested 24, right? For your 24 days Advent Christmas calendar. Right. And I was like, you ain't going to limit me on anything, my dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm for no limits at all. Like you want to say we're gonna be, Yeah, we're going to be the same boat. Care. Well, but. But at well, that point, it's not movie against movie. That's my big problem. Is I don't play, like ranking things in a in a in an order. To right? play devil's advocate, right? About the canon, like limiting the canon, right? If you look at our list or our even our own just personal, how many movies actually qualify for like those top ten? Like I assume the canon would be your elves and Christmas vacations and the Muppets and you know the classics. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Lots to think about. They had some good ideas in there. I'm perfectly fine with each of episode of just the podcast living as just a moment in time. That's not you know, aware of the other episodes. It might it might make you a little less grumpy, Julia. Yeah, it would definitely cut <laughs> down on the visual. On the what was it? Yeah, uh, for those of you who don't know, stay tuned to the end to hear a review about how. The worst on the podcast is not Tom. It is not Anthony, but Julia <laughs> is the one bringing us down. We've got uh, we've got a good review to share that's new, a really bad review, and one that Anthony and Tom are fine with, but Julia probably not so much. <laughs> People are either super excited to listen through to the end of the episode, or they're hitting the fifteen second skip. <laughs> till they get to the end uh, based I mean, on what we're doing tonight i don't blame you for skipping it either i wish i could have skipped the go. episodes i actually was texting julie and anthony saying are we really doing this do we really have to do this what, what are we I doing lost. tonight we're doing a couple of how i met your mother episodes for some reason the, f- the final two then we can wash our hands of the show and then next year do how i met your father i'm joking no I don't think they even have it. I don't know. I never finished that show. <laughs> All I know is it's been canceled officially. And I know our friend Santa Matt was upset about that because he said it was just hitting their stride. Uh, yeah. So tonight we're back to our world of pathetic Ted Mosby, perverted, sex crazed Barney and all of his other dysfunctional friends for season seven, episode 12. Symphony of Illumination and Season 8, Episode 12, The Final Part, The Final Page, Part 2, which I got problems with both. I'll cover the first one because I actually... Both of these, I was going to say both of these revolve more around Robin than anybody else. Mm -hmm. I mean... Shabbat. Devil's devil's (laughs) advocate... 
devil advocate when a show goes on long enough you know you start giving the supporting characters more to do not just the main character happened on the office and parks and rec and all the shows we love well especially with uh the office when the main when the main focal point left well i mean even before that though nobody yeah. would have watched uh, nobody would have thought those first two seasons that you know somebody like uh stanley would get dedicated episode for example or oscar or oscar who still the most underrated character on that show dude he was such a good actor <laughs> he was just like he was so good because he just felt so real it felt so natural to him <laughs> we should do the office again <laughs> over this <laughs> um i would be happy to talk about the office if we'd rather do that but uh you all turned me down yesterday so I would like to point out, I took a break from my Scarathon to watch these two episodes. September oh. 1st, I start Scarathon, and I have so far watched uh, 31 films and one TV special since September 1st for Halloween. Holy moly. Wowie wow. So I took a break for I'm this. I'm not rolling my eyes either. That's genuine. This like, genuine. Wowie, wow. Gotta, you know, this time of year, you gotta get in the spooky and the hol- holiday content. And yep. I watched I watched a scary movie at your recommendation that I was not thrilled with. You know what? That's a beautiful movie. And I will defend that movie. And I'm still attracted to Lizzie Kaplan in that movie. <laughs> it was disturbing. That you'd be attracted to her. Aren't they supposed to be disturbing? Oh, him being attracted to her. Mm-hmm. I love Lizzie Kaplan. I do too. But she was good. Anyway. She's so good in Castle Rock. Castle Rock. As Annie. Uh, I will say my problem with this, this move with this movie was not the acting in any way. The acting was her and Anthony really Starr were fantastic. They were absolutely wow. wonderful. He he is so unsettling. Mm-hmm. It was- uh, Tom, I think I, this, this listener, I don't know if this makes it or not. This just shows how much you want to talk about I know your mother tonight. But Tom, I, I think I agree with you with my criticism of that movie. The movie falls apart for me the last half an hour when you see the sister. It's awful. She's all, it's, it's terrible. It I just don't. And hey, they should have kept her in the shadows because before they revealed her, when you just saw the hair coming out of the corners, like when people were attacked, that creeped me out. Like I did not want to see what she looked like, and then you saw her. It's like, oh, she's a bad CGI monster. But yeah. they also didn't explain why she was a monster, like why she was physically deformed. That bothered me. That bothered me a lot. Like, why was she physically deformed? No idea. And also, if she could literally, like, rip a person's head off, like, rip bones apart, why couldn't she break through a wall? Yeah. So that and bothered that me. Could. And, al- and also, I feel like I, la- I 10 minutes of the film were missing. I felt like it ended so suddenly. Like, so suddenly. I was like, that's it? Okay. So I agree with the half an hour, last half an hour is where it falls apart. But the buildup to that, to him opening the door for his sister is, like, just unsettling. It was because I thought that I thought the parents were the bad people, which was interesting. Yeah. Well, we're supposed to, right? Yeah. I mean, I think they were still bad people. <laughs> but they were 
not they lock their son in the basement well yeah like they have questionable parenting methods for sure but how i met your mother because uh you know we are three podcasters who like to talk about christmas stuff and don't just share boring stories uh i have things to say about that review when we get to it because as that guy listened to podcasts before that's what a podcast is but anyway i i think i think he answered that himself but we can okay back to the show back to our regularly scheduled program Yes. So the first episode we are covering tonight is Symphony of Illumination. First aired December 5th, 2011, season seven, episode 12. So this breaks format a bit, this episode, um, because instead of Bob Saget's future Ted narrating to his children, the episode opens with Robin telling her children. Present day Robin. Present day. Well, future Rob. Yeah, present. No, you're right. Present day Robin telling her. Kobe Smulders. Yep telling her future children about the time she revealed to their father that she was pregnant. And in the present, past, whatever, the scene cuts to Barney and Robin in the bathroom of Marsha and Lily's Long Island house, where Robin explains that she's a week late with her period and she has a doctor's appointment to find out if she's pregnant. Um, Why does that matter? Because, well, I mean, wouldn't she and her boyfriend be okay with that fact? Well, they are not together anymore. She's with a guy named Kevin, and they have not had sex yet. So the baby would be Barney. <gasps> so wait, she has a boyfriend, and she's not, and she's still with Barney. Yes, her and Barney are still having sex or had sex. Okay, okay. So I'm going to Bar- to process this. That's that's shocking. <laughs> so Barney is actually giddy about the prospect of becoming a dad, which I thought was nice character growth for him at this point in the series. Um, but he didn't believe it. Well, in the again in the finale in the final episode when he does become a dad, it does hit him. He is like the best thing that happened to him. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I get why we when we went from last week's episode to this week, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah, it's a major jump. <laughs> um. Well, but while he is giddy, Robin is not because she is firmly against having children. Um, and Barney eventually comes to share this view when their friend, Insane Dwayne, uh, when he finds out how he has changed since marrying and having kids. And he doesn't want to change. He wants a kid, but he doesn't want the whole domesticated situation. So because that works and all, y'all. <laughs> So both Robin and Barney end up very relieved when the doctor informs them that Robin is not pregnant. And for a day, Robin celebrates this fact, but then she receives additional news from the doctor that she is unable to have children. And yeah, this really affects her, as it does a lot of women in this situation. And Robin struggles to find a way to tell her friends and this kind of reminded me as well of Friends. Remember when they tested Rachel, like, oh, you're not actually pregnant to find out if she wants kids or not? Kind of, you Maybe know, her true feelings. Yeah. Um, Robert struggles to tell her friends or, you know, she doesn't want to tell her friends right away. So she lies and says she's disappointed and not making the Canadian women's pole vaulting team. Um, right. but, but of course, they're friends. You know, they're all close. Uh, they notice she's acting strange. And they try to figure out why. 
Um, Ted assumes she's homesick for Canada, right? And for a Christmas gift, he offers her plane tickets to fly home, which is great friend right there. You say a lot about Ted, but he is a good friend. Tickets to fly to Cleveland with him to his, because it's yeah. close and it's <laughs> okay. Yes, and it's cold. <laughs> it's cold. That's right. <laughs> uh, Robin rejects the offer though and tells him, you know, you shouldn't be responsible for cheering me up. You know, we're friends. They're not anything anymore, right? Okay, we're we're seven seasons in. We all know Ted. That's what he's gonna do. Like, come on, man. When she calls out that that's his thing. Right. Like, just let Ted be Ted. Don't try to change who Ted is. Um, and after this conversation, she decides to go for a walk alone in Central Park, um, where she sits on a bench and it's revealed that Robin's telling the story. This story she's telling to her kids is only in her imagination. She's talking to herself on the park bench. Uh, as a way to come to terms with her bad news. And this is a very, to me, this is an effective scene. Yeah. Um, so when she returns to the apartment, Ted has put up a beautifully intricate Christmas light display, which is animated. It's set to ACDC. It says Merry Christmas, Robin. Which um, earlier we learned... Marshall wanted to do a Christmas light display with Mannheim Steamroller. Mm, yep. Right. And is the and ACDC t- thing like an inside joke? I don't think so. Okay, I, I didn't know. Just, just checking. Like 80s rock? I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, and I love this because Ted tells her when she comes in that you don't have to tell me what happened, but I'm always going to try to cheer you up. I'm never not going to try to cheer you up. And it's clear Ted is still head over heels for this woman. Um, and Robin, of course, bursts into tears and Ted hugs her, comforts her, and future Ted tells his kids that Robin never became a pole vaulter, but she did become a famous journalist. She traveled the world and even enjoyed a stint as a bullfighter. And he also notes that she was never Which we never learn about, despite the fact him saying we will. Well, we learn about the journalism stuff, the traveling world. We don't learn about the bullfighting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's our main A plot of this episode. There is a subplot with Marshall. Um, he wants to have better Christmas decorations than their neighborhood rival, Richard Holdman. <laughs> so he plans an entire display, which he names the Symphony of Illumination, hence the episode title, um, complete with Mannheim Steamroller Christmas music. Uh, when he starts the installation, he accepts an offer of assistance from a neighborhood teenager, Scott, but Scott is a little stinkhead and leaves him trapped on the roof, steals Marshall's phone, and texts Lily from it, throwing a party at their house. This kid is the worst. (laughs) He really is. Um, And and though Marshall... Yeah, he's very clever. And though Marshall initially kind of like relents and remembers his time as a youth, uh, he is outraged when he sees Scott abusing a giant stocking that his late grandmother had knitted for Marshall's future child, which I love that. And uh, he remains stranded on the roof until Lily arrives. (laughs) And she unwittingly pays Scott $50 for his help. 
before seeing the After damage. After she attacked her nudes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, which is such a Lily thing to do. And then, uh, you know, she sees... nudes to teenage boys? No. Send nudes <laughs> to Marshall. Um, and then she sees the damage Scott caused inside her in the house party. And is outraged. And the end. That is our plot. Um, I will say this episode worked a lot better for me than anything we covered last week. I thought Robin's story... I thought the emotional stuff in this episode really worked for me. Um, I thought Marshall's subplot was fun. Um, so yeah, this one worked for me all around. I thought the final light display was very nice. Um, I did think watching this episode this is probably the one our friend Matt Yurick said would be better received by us. Because it definitely was by me. Um, and it was it was a Christmas episode, at least in my mind. What did y'all think of this one? Um, this is probably my favorite out of any of the ones we've covered. Um, regardless of the fact that I still didn't like the Barney stuff, and like some of the other other friend stuff, but the sweetness of Robin and Ted and them trying to cheer her up, um, carried it. I think the Ted being so, Ted and Ted being Ted. I'm what I'm yeah. finding is Ted being <laughs> Ted. Yeah. So yeah, I like this one. I didn't love it, um, but I liked it. It had heart for sure. Um, I'm torn on if it's Christmas or not. I mean, it's, it's definitely not. hugely Christmas Christmas atmosphere. The atmosphere is great. I loved that part of it. It felt Christmassy. Um, but Linus moment. Isn't it just Ted being Ted? It's just Ted being Ted. It's just Ted being Ted. There's no Linus moment. There's nothing. No. Uh, but I would say I'm the argument for it being Christmas. While the A plot could have happened anytime, the B plot couldn't have. The B plot was Christmas related. Yeah. So, what would y'all rank this one? I'll give this one a six. Three. I was going to give it a nine. I lo- I really like this one. I think it was an average of a six, which ties it for the top rated episode with How Lily Stole Christmas. It is the final page, part two. This one revolves around Ted has designed a skyscraper that was built and it's having an inaugural party, I guess. It's having a, it's having a kickoff party. He's supposed to go to this grand opening that features all about him. But Ted and the friends have some secret knowledge from Barney that Barney is going to ask one of Robin's co-workers to marry him in her favorite spot on top of the world news building that she likes. Uh, well, she friend... likes it because she works there. She's happy there. That's her career building. Yeah. And she likes the view. Up there. Julia, are you still there or did your camera freeze? Oh, there she is. She's on her way back. There she is. Okay. Uh, Sorry. Patrice is somebody who works in Robin's office that Robin is very annoyed with that Barney <laughs> has had a fling with, which is not believable for Barney. She is not Barney's type at all. And I kind of can't believe that the team thought this was real. Anyway, Barney tells everybody that he's getting engaged, but doesn't want Robin to know. Ted doesn't want to tell Robin. And he's going to get her to go with him to his 
building kickoff. Lily and Marshall are supposed to go as well, but they're also trying to have a romantic evening. And Lily's dad, who is Chris Elliott, is watching the baby. Lily, I know none of us are fans of this guy. No. He was pretty muted in the episode. Like, he's not Schitt's Creek Elliot. No, he seems like a normal person. Yeah. True. He's a great grandpa in this. He spends time with the grandkid, gets him to sleep, loves on his grandson. Like, just seems like a good guy. I was pleasantly Mm -hmm. surprised. Probably my favorite Chris Elliott. (laughs) That seems fair. Ever. So, and... (laughs) Marshall and Lily are trying to find time for romantic time as well while they're out tonight. But Ted calls and Hmm. needs Marshall. So Marshall leaves Lily hanging Hmm. and goes to talk to Ted. Ted's like, I don't know, should I tell Robin about Barney or not? And Ted feels like he should and give Robin an opportunity to break, to, to go like storming in and break everything off. And Marshall's like, no, I'm team Ted. I want Robin to end up with you. You should go do what you can make this happen. So Ted gets in a cab with Robin and he tells her everything, takes her to the building. She goes upstairs and we find out reading a note that Barney left that everything has been this big elaborate plan to make Robin realize she loves him. He pretends to have this relationship with Patrice. She's in on it. He burns his playbook to win Robin in front of Robin when Patrice finds it to show that he's over Robin. And then at the end, it says that his whole goal was to get her on top of the building together so he could propose. And initially she's like ticked off. Like, how could you do this to me? Of course, this is why I don't want to be with you. This is an elaborate lie that you created. You mess with my feelings. And on the back, he says, last step is to hope she says yes. And she's like, oh, Barney, of course. And is suddenly fine with it. And they're going to get married. The, The shift in attitude of Robin in that moment was so unbelievable were you fans of Ranjit Anthony Ranjit I liked Ranjit yeah, how he was always their cab driver I like that and limo driver limo driver yeah I did not like him in this episode though I am um, barely in it I know he's usually a lot funnier oh uh and that's it that's the whole thing so I agree with you, Tom, about Robin switch there at the end. But uh, I think that's the point. It's supposed to come out of nowhere. Their marriage doesn't last long, does it? I think they're only married six months before they get divorced in the end. Something like that. Yeah, but I still, Robin, who she is as a character, would not suddenly be like, oh, okay, yeah. Also, (laughs) Barney, I'm cool with this. We we got a total Ted moment here at the end when the, all the happy couples are paired up, him just staring alone into the distance, contemplating yeah. his future. So some behind the scenes of this episode, these were not planned to be shown together. We only covered part two. We should have covered both parts, but episodes 11 and 12 were not planned to be shown together as a two-part combined episode, but that was, they decided to present them that way once the show was preempted because of Hurricane Sandy. 
So yeah. after it was preempted, they decided to put them together into one long, hour-long Christmas special, which there was like no Christmas in this. So nope, yeah. no Christmas at all. I mean, this I will say, spe- Chris Elliott's house is pretty cozy looking at Christmas. Mm-hmm. But you see it less than a minute. It's yeah, it's as they're walking out the door, right? Yep. It did not have a Linus moment. Nope. If anything, yeah. had a Stockholm Syndrome moment where Robin says yes to Barney. Yeah. She's suddenly in love with her abuser. I don't know if this would have been different actually watching the show, but like, I don't buy them together at all. Yeah, it was kind of like Rachel and Joey when they put them together on Friends. Like, a lot of fans were very yeah. upset when they put them together on the show as well. Well, and that's the thing Barney's like, oh, Ted gave us his blessing, but Ted would not give a blessing for this. Like, that's just not who he is. And the fact that Ted's suddenly okay, at least somewhat, with Barney and Robin, I just don't find believable, y'all. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So I'm giving this one a three. Same. One. Which gives it a 2.33, which ties it for our bottom episode with Little Minnesota. So, Hallelujah Snow Christmas and Symphony of Illusion comes in first place at six. False Positive comes in second place at 2.67. And then Little Minnesota and the final page are tied for last place at 2.33. And that is How I Met Your Mother. Somebody slam that coffin shut so we can put that final nail in it. I'm so glad that's over with and we're not doing that again. (laughs) Speaking of uh, our positivity, I think we got some great reviews this week, Tom. Uh, The past few months, Tom, that we want to catch up on. Uh, Yeah. Julia, do you want to share yours first? The one that you're bringing us today? This one's coming in a little late, so we're sorry. Make sure we let the reviewer know they can email us for their stamps or their stickers. (laughs) and for the record this one julia is about to share is our middle of the road review it's actually three stars oh it was the day before my birthday too it's perfect (laughs) (laughs) um okay so we got this review three-star review from kbmc 2013 um kind of boring I really enjoy Anthony and Tom when they've appeared on other Christmas podcasts, but this podcast is so boring. I enjoy the topics, but their approach is so painfully slow. Also, as a woman who enjoys things, I don't understand why so many podcasts feel the need to have someone on who hates everything. Julia seems to be verbally rolling her eyes at everything. Even things she claims to like, she always seems over it. There are so many fantastic Christmas pop t- pop culture podcasts. I think I'll stick to those. <laughs> so can I can I get a t-shirt that says I'm the worst? No, because you can actually say you're the worst, unfortunately. <laughs> we can get you a t-shirt that says over it. Over it. <laughs> With me rolling verbally rolling my eyes. I've got to get a picture of I've got to get something of Julia rolling her eyes now. I would wear that. (laughs) (laughs) 
so kbmc 2013 um if you're listening if you came back to listen even though you said you'd stick to other christmas podcasts let us know your address i'll send you a sticker (laughs) we did get a very good review which i'll read here oh yeah do you want to read our not so great review tom i think it's a wonderful review this is from lark 1980 and we got this review last wednesday just discovered podcast and gave it a try hard pass long boring detailed story about the participants lives that they clearly think are funny but are just dull lark thank you for your candor if for whatever reason you decide to listen to this episode be sure to email us and we'll send you your very own tis the podcast sticker just for reviewing us now that we have had our nice little ego uh, check uh, mark when you send us your address i can you are we the first podcast you listen to because i'm, I'm genuinely curious because most podcasts <laughs> include long stories about the participants lives especially one that's been going on six or seven years so curious that's a very interesting question anthony and i'll be i'll be curious to see what lark has to say well, I know what Gail Guthrie has said. She wrote, love this podcast and gave it five stars. I've been listening to Tis the Podcast for 10 months and just finished all five seasons. I've loved Christmas and all things Burr months since I was little, so I was so excited to come across this podcast. I'm a stay-at-home mom to a six-year-old girl and three-year-old twin boys, and I work from home, so my interaction with adults during the week is pretty limited. Not only does this podcast share my love for Christmas, but listening to Anthony, Tom, and Julia is like listening to my own friends. I play the podcast while I take the kids for a walk or doing work around the house, and the kids enjoy it too. We celebrate Christmas in July every year. We go all out with a mini Christmas tree, baking cookies, small gifts, and of course, Christmas movies. And a few movies and shows I heard about from this podcast have been added to our July and regular Christmas rotation. Thanks for all that you do, Gail Guthrie. Oh, Gail, you just made my day. Me too. That's so sweet. Of course, get send us in your mailing address, and we will send you some Tis the Podcast goodies. And I'll see if we have anything for your kiddo too. That Guthrie house sounds like it's a lot of fun around Christmas time in July. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I would like to know uh, what we have recommended that you have added to your canon. Yeah, I would too. Let us know if you're on our Facebook group. Say hi to us. That's a great way for people to let us know what they think of the episode. You can find us by going to tisthepodcast.com slash face. Oh, no, we got to do Linktree. You can find us by going to tisthepodcast.com slash Linktree, which will take you right to our Linktree where you can find our Facebook group, which is happening. You can tell us all the reasons you hate the list, why Julia is the worst, and what movies we have inspired you to watch. We've also got a regular Facebook page, a Twitter page, Mastodon, and of course, our website, all linked right there from Linktree. Anthony, how else can yes. people get bonus content, especially coming up here real soon patreon.com linktree patreon it's on linktree or you can go to patreon.com slash this podcast tons of halloween content coming up stuff with julia stuff with our friends like jay and ron uh and kendall and matt and jerry um 
I just recorded an amazing horror bracket episode with Ron and Lindsay from Filmstrip and Kendall from Two Girls, One Crypt and Matt from North Pole Radio. And it was so good and actually very surprising. Um, so yeah, if you like spooky content, there's tons coming up. So stay tuned. And uh, Thanksgiving content's coming up as well. Where we're actually record, starting to record our Thanksgiving content this week. That was my we subtle are? reminder for Tom and Julia live because we agreed upon that last right here. What are we uh, doing next week? Is it going to be better? Please tell me we're doing something better next week. Next Much week, better. we are finishing of queens! off the Camp Queen with Matt Yurick. And then after Yay. that, we are kickstarting Spooky Season a week early. It was not supposed to be this way, but uh, scheduling with Natalie Bickle. She had to go first, so Casper has to go first this year, and Black Christmas will be middle of October. That was supposed to be our little segue, but the schedule's got a little switched, but that's okay. Not sad about postponing another Black Christmas. But we have tons of friends joining us for Spooky Season. Natalie Bickle's coming on for Casper in two weeks. Uh, October, you know, we're doing Stream 3 with Kendall Foray and Lindsay Grellis from Filmstrip Podcast. And then Black Christmas with Ron and Jay from Filmster Podcast. So tons of Yay! stuff. Tons of friends. So stay tuned. You know, I believe it was Disco 54 who said we were scraping the bottle of the barrel of Christmas stuff. Well, the good thing about Halloween one month a year is we still have tons of Halloween content. <laughs> Semi-popular Yay. Halloween content. So and all I know the new we're Christmas doing Halloween Town. Halloween Town High. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy. And evil will die tonight at the end of October when we cover Halloween films. So, bye. You know what else is fun? (laughs) What? We only have 2,520 hours until Christmas. That's 105 days. Nope. 15 weeks. Yep. Do your homework, y'all. Bye. Bye.